On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Don't waste the summer months staring at a screen trying to figure out who accepts your vision insurance. Pearl Vision works with all major vision plans, including iMed. Plus, when you bring in the receipt from your last eye exam, they'll apply up to $150 towards a new pair of glasses. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 10-31-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. G'day everyone, Lauren Crest, the business scientist here. Happy Friday and happy Thanksgiving if you're over in the States. I hope you're having a lovely break. I hope you're not watching this. <laughs> I hope you're not on LinkedIn, but uh, happy Thanksgiving if uh, if you are watching this. And yeah, for every everyone, well, for most people in my network who are in Australia, Hope you're looking forward to the weekend. Uh, I hear it's going to be 42 degrees uh, where I am in Wollongong. So I imagine Sydney is the same. It's going to be pretty hot. So I'm definitely looking forward to getting down to the beach this weekend. Uh, So today I'm going to talk about podcasting. I have done a, I think I've done two shows on podcasting before. So I did one show that was about like what you need to know before you start podcasting. And the other show I did on podcasting was how to be a guest um, on someone else's podcast. So today I, I went, I actually just went and did some keyword research and was like, what are the big questions that people are asking about podcasting and how can I sort of bring, I've been podcasting now for, well, seriously for like two years, this show for one year. Um, But I did actually start podcasting about three years ago, but it was a little bit more of a hobby when I first started. So I've learned a lot along the way, made heaps of mistakes along the way. And um, the biggest question that was out there about podcasting was how do podcasts make money? Uh, Hey, Nelson, Nelson Garcia, good evening from Brazil. Well, hello here from Australia. It's morning time here. So I'm feeling pretty energized for the day. Um, so how podcasts can make money and then a bunch of questions off the back of that. So things like how do I get sponsorship for my podcast was one. How many subscribers should I have? You know, how many listeners should I have? All those kinds of things. So I'm going to walk through and sort of talk through my answers. I might have to occasionally look things up to verify things because I don't have all the exact answers, but I'll talk a bit about my experience. It kind of humanizes this information a little bit. Uh, and if you have any questions as we go, uh, just let me know, pop it in the comments and I will answer them. So there's lots of ways that podcasts can make money, um, but it's important to first off, so something I feel like I'm always saying on Fridays, you need to know what game you're playing. What game are you trying to play with your podcast? So first thing before we even get onto that is like, what is the podcast? Like, what is it about? Is it like, uh, what? what's the genre? Like, are you going to be posting? Because one of the first things when you load up your podcast is going to be like, what category 
does this go into? Like Google Play needs to know that, iTunes needs to know that so they can categorize your, your podcast, right? So if we just think about that basic question, if you're doing a show that's about, if you're like, it's going to be in the entrepreneurship category, it's going to be in the business category, it's going to be in the management category, it's going to be in the marketing category. If you're doing something where it's going to be in one of the business categories, which I'm guessing you are because this show is for entrepreneurs <laughs> and business owners, right? This show is in the entrepreneurship category and the business category. Um, so if that's the purpose of it, we actually have a lot more options for how we make money, I think. And I'll tell you why in a second. If you're doing a podcast that is completely uh, hobby-based and isn't connected with anything that you're doing from a professional services perspective, it's not connected with anything you're doing from like going around as a motivational speaker or, you know, providing some sort of value business-wise, whether it's as a sole trader, as a speaker, author, etc. If you don't have something to sell other than your podcast, you're playing a different game with monetization. So the reason that I say that is because when we're going to, when we're building something that's more about, say, comedy, actually even comedy, no, because comedy we can sell tickets to gigs, right? Sorry, I just need some water, one sec. Because it's a bit hot here today. So um. Even with something like comedy, you can sell tickets to your next show. If you're a musician, you can sell tickets to your next show. So it's like if you've got something that you can sell yourself, then you're growing your brand using your podcast. That's that's one category. And I think most of the people, like I said before, who are watching this or listening to this later are going to be in that category. But just quickly to cover off, if it's like a hobby podcast, so say it's like – um crime fiction or uh, music reviews because you're a massive music buff. Um, If it's something that is purely for the sake of doing the podcast, then it's going to be, in my opinion, unless the show is really big, it's going to be a lot harder to monetize via podcasting. Essentially the way podcast monetization works at the broadest level is through advertisement placements. So basically you go on something like Spreaker or Acast, uh, even Anchor, but Anchor only for um, the United States. But if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, these are different podcasting hosts. So in the same way that we kind of have somewhere to host our website, these are podcasting hosts where we post a uh, podcast And then it goes out to like everywhere. So we'll go out to Spotify and uh, Google and iTunes, et cetera, right? Um, Hey, David, how are you doing? You wrote a link to a website. So I'm not sure how that relates, but curious to know. (laughs) Let me know in the comments. Um, So, okay, so if you've got – once you put so so not all of the plat or not all of these hosting platforms allow you to straight off the bat monetize, um, but some of them do, and it might depend on what country you're in as well. But if you've got a handful of listeners, you're like we're talking like you're going to make maybe a couple of dollars a month, right? Um, oh, it's a podcast. Okay, so it's newpolitics.com.au. It's a podcast. What's the podcast about, David? I'm curious now. <laughs> New politics, baby. 
Um, if you're actually polit po political podcasts, kind of interesting, like that's definitely a space I don't know as much about in terms of um, monetization, but in terms of building a brand, I imagine that could be again, quite powerful, but the, you, again, your objective would be different. So it starts off with like what, what your objective is. David, you said it's a podcast I co-host you might be interested in, um, should have PM'd it, but enjoying this. <laughs> no, I don't mind giving your podcaster a, uh, a shout out. So David is a friend of mine. Uh, we've, we've known each other for a while. I haven't seen you in person for ages, David, but uh, we've enjoyed lots of coffees together and very happy for you to share your podcast. It's a critique of current affairs. Sounds very interesting. And actually, David, I'd be interested to know from because political podcasts are not an area, as I said before, that I know as much about. So if there's, um, I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are around things like monetization because it's like literally the biggest question that comes up when I went and did the research it's like that's what everyone's asking about how do I make money from a podcast how do I make money from a podcast and I'm like oh there's lots of ways but it just depends on what you're trying to achieve so I'd be curious to know if for you you you're coming from at this from like a it's it's because I believe this is a message that's important to put out there if you're like, I'm trying to attract advertisers or sponsors or, uh, you know, there, there's some other objective, I'd be really curious because I don't know that many political podcasters. Um, that's what that's how I'm categorizing it now, a political podcaster. <laughs> so, um, so you, actually one of the other questions is where to upload the podcast. So I'll come back to this point around the, the where you upload it and I'm mentioning a few names like Spreaker, there's Lisbon as well. There's so many, but essentially it's just like that's where you put your podcast and that's where you get the feed to go out to everywhere else That because there's heaps and heaps of apps that play podcasts, um, but we use one of them to host it so we didn't have to go to every platform and try to try to put it up, right? Um, so if you've got, um, if you've got a podcast where you're like, yeah, all we're going to do is be doing the ad thing. You're going to need a lot of listeners. If all you're doing is if you're going to rely on, um, advertisements to go on your show to make money, you're going to need a lot of listeners. You're going to need a lot of listeners, even just to pay for the hosting fees a lot of the time. So that you pay a, a subscription to host your podcast. Um, there's some that are free. So Anchor, I know, is one that's free, but it, there's issues with that because often with the podcasting platforms that are free or cheap, they might not be giving you the same kind of statistics that you need to do things like convince a sponsor to come, board and, come on board and sponsor your podcast. Now, sponsorship is something I actually do know quite a lot about because that's as some of you might know, that's what I used to, I used to work in B2B sponsorship. So I know how to package together, you know, sponsorship packages and media kits and all that kind of stuff. Um, and what I know from having worked in that space is that brands generally value sponsored content opportunities a lot more than advertising placement. So we're talking the difference between you might make two dollars for every thousand impressions you get for ads so if you have a thousand people listening to your podcast you might make a few dollars from that it might be ten dollars might be two dollars it, it just kind of depends right what often happens with those platforms that i mentioned like 
Acast and Spreaker and things like that is they're allowing for dynamic ad placement. So basically what they're allowing you to do is just go, here's a space to put an ad. Whatever ad is going to be most relevant based on algorithm, data, et cetera, et cetera, place that ad for that listener, right? That's how those ads kind of work. Uh, it's easy to do. Like if you, you're on the right platform, you literally just click a button and go, okay, put an ad here. Uh, I do that, um, but it's not like I make heaps of money out of it. It just takes a, it just takes a little bit of money off how much money I pay to host it, right? Um, which is another question: how much how much does it cost to host a po podcast? But there's lots of other ways you can make money from podcasts. So I just mentioned sponsorship. Now, if again, if you're running a business podcast. Um, if you're looking at ways to promote your business or promote your book or promote yourself as a speaker, sponsorship could be a good option, but it might also not be an option. You might be better, it might not be an option, might not be the best option for you. Because as with sponsors, what happens is that they, they will want to have some sort of ability to know what to expect from your podcast, which makes sense. This is a show about branding. Let's think about ourselves for our own brand, right? I am someone who has a certain set of values and ethics in my life and in my business. So I want to be very careful about where who I sponsor and who I affiliate myself with in case that they don't align with my values and my ethics because then I'm worried about my brand being tarnished. For instance, I would never want to be anywhere near Sky News right now because I just think they're a shamble of a of a news and media outlet. I think it's very troubling. I'd be curious if David, if you're still listening, I'd be curious about what your thoughts are about Sky News or any Murdoch, um, any Murdoch publication, right? So I wouldn't want anything to to kind of do with Sky News right now, right? To the point where it's like if they asked me for an interview, even as a PR thing, I would not want to get near what they're doing because I, I just fundamentally disagree with it. And sponsors can feel like that too. So if we're saying certain things on our podcast and the sponsor's kind of listening to it, they might be like, hang on, you swore on your podcast. We don't really want to be associated with explicit content. We're going to need you to not swear. You know, or you talked about something that's a bit controversial. Um, we don't really want to be associated. I'm like, that's kind of the brand's right to do that. Um, so if you're going to go down the sponsorship path, you need to think very, very carefully about who you align yourself with and whether your values align. You know, uh, this is where brand values and, and trust come into it because it's like what what's going on from their perspective and what's going on from your perspective and where is there going to be a happy meeting ground where both of you feel like you're winning. So it can be difficult. And one of the first exercises I get people to do when I'm helping them with sponsorship is I'm like, write down your non-negotiables, write down the things that you're like, I do not want to do these things. For instance, I would never let a sponsor sign off on content. I'd never say to a sponsor, here's my latest episode, have a, have a look through and see if you're happy with it. I would never, ever do that. If I was going to do a sponsored piece of content, like a sponsored interview, where and, and I do actually offer that, but no one's taken me up on that yet, so that's cool. Um, but if I was going to 
uh, if I was having a conversation with someone, I've already thought about this, right? Because I've already thought about as the show's growing, this might happen. Okay, if someone wants you to do a sponsored interview, what are the rules for that? I'm like, yeah, you do get an opportunity to review it because it's a sponsored piece of content. You're not sponsoring the whole show. So I'm okay with that. Darren, you said, uh, Darren Virapa, sorry. <laughs> Darren. Um, controversy is always a good one to understand more. Great point. Yeah, thank you. Um, also, Darren, I noticed that you have that tax guy in your in your name. Love that. That that really jumps out. I'm a big uh, fan of putting brand names in your LinkedIn name because when things like this happen, that's that's the shout out you get, right? Darren, that, that tax guy, Virafa. <laughs> Love it. So, so you need to think about like, because if you take the joy away from the whole reason that you put the podcast together, because you're like playing a short game of like, I want this, I want this sponsor because they're willing to pay me all this money, then it's going to be really hard to actually stick at doing the podcast. I mean, it depends on your personality type. It depends on what you you are and aren't willing to put up with. And that's why I think a lot of this is actually really about like understanding what your goals are. So, okay, what are my non-negotiables? Why do I do this show? What am I getting out of this show? And if I was going to work with a sponsor, what would they be getting out of it? Now, the big mistake, I've talked to quite a few podcasters about sponsorship, and the big mistake I see them do or see them make is um, they undercharge. So they kind of, they've been used to the ad money and going like, oh, but, you know, I, I get like for every thousand listens, I get a few bucks. And when they're coming from that mindset, suddenly they go, oh, okay, so for a sponsor, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to offer the same thing. For this many impressions, this is what you're, um, this is what I want to get paid. And I've seen people put like crazy low prices in there. So what should you charge? Well, it's going to depend on who your audience is, how long they engage with the show, what you're doing for the sponsor. But if you think about it this way, if you think about how much it would cost, if you would cost out to do a show for someone, start from that that perspective. So for instance, one thing I've seen uh, a podcaster do is kind of go like, I'll do a sponsored blog, I'll write up a sponsored blog post for you alongside an Instagram post alongside uh, a mention in the podcast and kind of packaged it together. Now that's a really, really smart thing to do because then it's not one touch point, it's several touch points with an, an audience that has high affinity with the brand. So what I mean by that is it's like if we've got that alignment where like my audience is an audience that would love to, you know, uh, be, would love to find out about your product or service, like it's super relevant to them, then having those multiple touch points with an audience can be great. But what you need to think about is like, you have to create the Instagram post. You have to create the blog post. You have to make that mention in the podcast. That's actually a lot of work. And if the brand was paying for that content to be created, it would actually cost quite a lot of money. So what they're getting, they're getting content creation and they're getting content amplification where when they're placing an ad in at the beginning of a podcast, right? When they're just like, they've made the ad already, there are the agencies made the ad and the ad goes out and gets stuck on a bunch of different podcasts. They don't know how um, how good your show is. They don't know anything about your show, but also you didn't have to make that content. You just, you just went like, there we go, place the ad there. And that's what I see a lot of podcasters forget. A lot of, um, 
a lot of writers forget this as well who do like, you know, blog sponsorship and stuff like that is they forget that it's like the work that you do to put the content together means that that brand doesn't have to go and pay for an ad to be created. So they're getting two things, right? They're getting creation, they're getting distribution. And that's worth a lot more, a lot more. So sponsorship is a massive, massive opportunity if you want to monetize your podcast. But again, going to depend on your goals. If you're kind of like the big reason for me doing my podcast is to grow my own business, then what I would suggest thinking about instead is maybe sponsoring it yourself. So if you're going to have like um, your business sponsoring your podcast, then your business can pay you a fee to sponsor your podcast. So it's sort of like, I mean, you know, you'd need to go talk to your accountant and all that kind of stuff. But you've got to remember these are, you can keep them separate or you can keep them together. So if the podcast is your asset and your business is a third party, right, the business can sponsor your podcast for bringing business back to the business, right? And again, I don't want to get into <laughs> tax and legalities and how exactly that works and how IP works and all that kind of stuff, but something to definitely consider and have a conversation with the relevant experts about. Um, okay. So we've talked about how, other, okay. So let's talk about a couple of other ways podcasts can make money. Okay. So we've talked about advertising placement, We've talked about sponsorship. I've meant it, mentioned also a more integrated sponsorship where you're kind of doing multiple things together. And then I briefly mentioned like doing a sponsored content piece, which is a little bit different. So that sponsorship packages can look very different. Um, the other thing you could do is you could look at using the podcast as part of like, a, you know, part payment. So you have things like, um, mem you know, you could have like a, part of your podcast is gated. So it's like members only get this additional bonus podcast episode. You can actually also sell podcast episodes, but I think, you know, unless you've already got a massive following, um, it will, it's very, very hard to do that. So depends what you're leveraging, depends what you're working with. But uh, I would think more about using the podcast as an opportunity to build your tribe rather than as like from the get-go, be like, you know, pay a fee. So you could have like part of its membership or, you know, there's exclusive content that only members get and they pay a small fee for that. The other thing you can do is what I do, which is like you can ask your listeners to pay for the content as a donation. So there's platforms like Patreon, there's platforms like Ko-fi. I use Ko-fi as a lot of you know. Um, and basically people can choose for themselves whether or not they want to donate money to your podcast um David you said why buy what you can get for free well you know I've been thinking about this a lot lately it's actually really interesting but um I think it's it's finding a mix the right mix between the two so um if you're expecting people to pay for content that they could get from somewhere else then yeah it's exa exactly that why buy when you can get for free but if you're kind of providing something that's um, a little bit more specific, a little bit more guided, uh, you know, even if we think about things like a book or a tool 
or a resource that is really, really useful for a specific group of people. You can productize things, um, but you need to think about when you put place that. So for instance, like I know that people aren't going to give me their email to listen. Like this is still taking payment out. This is just like um, when people are willing to give their email, right? So I know that people won't give me their email address to just access my podcast. I, I would not expect that to happen, right? It's even hard to get people to give you their email. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. For a newsletter. But I know people will give me their email. And we talked about this on the show on um, Wednesday's episode that went out. I know people will give me their email if I go, here's this tool that you already know about because you listen to my podcast and now you want to access this tool and they go, yeah, that's valuable because they've just heard me talk about it and they, uh, they've got context now to understand that. They spent some time with me. They trust me. They go, Lauren said this was a good resource. Now I'm willing to give my email. And that's how a lot of people also build membership sites. That's something I'm going to be looking at next year. I'm actually in the process of working on a membership site at the moment, but I haven't actually, I don't really like talking about things until I've tested them out myself, but it's a model that I think does work quite well, but you just need to be clever with, with how you do that. And also you need to be providing free value. I really, really, truly believe that. And everyone knows I'm like super passionate about doing that. Right. Um, so the, the donation model, I think like it does work, but it tends to work for people who have, again, lots and lots of listeners. So I know people generally find they're starting to make some money after they've had their first, like say 20,000 downloads. They kind of start to go, oh, okay, we're, we're picking up, um, we're, we're getting some more patrons at the moment. You know, you listen to people who have millions of downloads every month and they can make a living out of it. You know, that that's like their full-time job is podcasting. Very difficult to get there if you don't already have the personal brand platform or you're not talking about something that's like a super, super hot topic. Um, in the business space, I think it's, it's very, very hard. Like when I had Darren Moffat on the show a while back, he'd done some research and found that like, Basically, if you're getting 500 downloads per episode, you're doing really well. Um, what I don't know is like how frequently those episodes go out because, for instance, for me, I put three episodes out a week. So three episodes a week means that um, I'm not getting 500 downloads per episode, but I'm getting about 500 downloads a week. So it, like over the course of a month, I'm getting 2,000 downloads. That's, that's not doing too bad, right? Um, for a business podcast, I'm pretty, pretty happy with that. Um, what else was I going to talk about? How much do podcast hosts make? That was another question. So there are, of course, also podcasts that are like, you know, it's, it's a branded content podcast, um, that's basically creating its own media kind of arm. And then they need people to host the show. 
Um, I'm not sure. I like, I don't know how that exactly works. I sometimes get paid to, to host stuff and I usually just charge it as like, um, uh, like a 20, uh, sorry, a 24 hour, like an eight hour, you know, like day rate, half day rate, um, you know, and make it like relatively reasonable and affordable, um, to, to kind of do that. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's like enough to make a job out of for sure, but it's not like uh, if I did that every day, I'd, with the money I'm charging, I wouldn't be making millions. <laughs> Not that that's something I really want to do. Um, but it's also hard to get those gigs. Um, so, well, I've found anyway, it might be different in different countries. Uh, but yeah, you can make, you can make like a decent, like I charge my consulting rate for my podcast hosting rate, which is, which is a decent, decent amount of money. Um, so how much do podcast sponsors pay? Well, like, I can talk about this from the perspective of like a integrated marketing sponsorship package. Generally, if you can get like 500 people to watch, listen, read a piece of sponsored content, um, you know, you can, it depends on the industry, but in the business to business space, like I'd be recommending charging something like, and I'd be interested on people's feedback on this, but I'd be recommending charging if you're creating the content and you're putting all of that together and you're amplifying and you're doing everything and you're doing the approval process, um, I would say you'd need to be charging at least $500 to $1,000 per piece of content minimum. That's what I would be thinking. If you've got more reach that you're getting, like if you're kind of like it's not just 500 uh, downloads or 500 listens or uh, if you're getting out to like thousands of people and the sponsorship is clear, uh, you can charge more. Like if you think about it in the way that events are packaged, uh, you would be, that's a good way to look at it. Like have a look at sponsored events to think about sponsored content. Um but you can you can definitely make a, a significant amount of money doing doing sponsored content. It just might take a while to find that that right brand. So yeah, if you wanted to do like podcasting for a living, I would go down the like build a, a decent audience size. Make sure they're actually like legitimate. Like don't just buy views, don't just buy listens. They need to be like proper listeners that are going to turn up every week and listen. Uh, you need to be seeing that you're getting um, click-throughs to things, see that you're getting engagement um, and then, you know, on social media, on everything. Like for me, I'm like there's a lot of things that I still want to see happen um, in that space, but you can make quite quite a decent amount of money out of that. The other thing that you can do, a little bit, again, <laughs> harder, you're taking on more risk but it's easier to sell, is you can do like affiliate um, marketing. So you can say like if you're promoting a particular affiliate, uh, you're promoting a particular person, um, you can also either be like for every click through we get for you, regardless of whether um, the person purchases or not, we want a certain fee for that to generate that interest because you've gotten that touch point, which I think is better. The other thing people do is they go, oh, I'll only make money if that person actually decides to purchase. Um, but if if someone's expecting that um it's kind of like they're getting a lot of free marketing so i i would probably discourage going down that path i would encourage going down the path of no 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 it's actually 
the the touch point is worth something. The touch point's worth a lot because if you think about how much that would cost to do that on Facebook or to do that on other medium, it is actually worth something. Um, so you need to you need to frame it up that way because a lot of people don't frame up the sponsorship correctly. That's what I spend a lot of time doing. And I mean, like, you know, I was selling deals that were like over $500,000 for, for a sponsored package, but it was in the healthcare space. So in the healthcare space, that's a bit unique. The kind of audience that we're going out to, we're going out to doctors, that's worth more money. So it's going to depend on who your audience is. Um, how many podcast listeners to make money? Well, yeah, I think if you're kind of not able to show that, like I know people who are like, yep, I get um, 500 downloads per episode and they've got like some decent sponsors coming through. So it doesn't have to be huge. But if you're kind of like, I've got 20 people listening to this and I want to get sponsors and make money out of the podcast, no, that's not going to work. So it needs to be um, a decent size, but in a niche audience, you can actually have smaller numbers. So, um, you know, we're talking thousands. We're not talking tens of thousands or millions or hundreds of thousands, <laughs> hundreds of thousands or millions. You can start to make money with the those thousands kind of number. Um, how many episodes should you launch with? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so I'll answer some launch questions as well because I've mainly been talking about monetization, but um, which seems to be, it seems to be almost like people are like, okay, can this make me money? And then it's like, okay, well, then how do I do this? But one thing I want to say before I get onto that and before I actually explain how to do this is like, because I think this is a good time of year to do this, right? We're coming to the end of the year and it's like, okay, uh, I haven't started my podcast yet. This is who I'm thinking about in my head. Or I, I sort of tried to start a podcast. It didn't quite happen. Should I do it? Everyone's doing it. Should I be one of those people who makes a podcast as a New Year's resolution? Is that is that the right fit for me? So if you're kind of like going, I want to use podcasting as a way to grow my brand. I want to use podcasting as a source for me to grab a whole heap of quotes and different pieces of content that I can share to continuously be out in market. This is going to be a really easy way for me to um, get my copywriter to make blog posts, to get other people to understand in the business what we're doing. If it's if it's like from a marketing standpoint, you're like podcasting is like doing a book and you're thinking about it that way, then yeah, I think podcasting is totally worth it. I do because it's such an easy way to generate a lot of quality content and then you repurpose that. And like I'm looking at for going into the new year, there's going to be even more ways that I start to repurpose what I'm doing. Um, if you're kind of like the only reason I want to start a podcast is to make money from podcasting, I'm like, you need to think a lot deeper about how you're going to build that audience quickly. Um, so there are things you can do. Getting on new and noteworthy is a big one. Have a listen to the episode I did with Darren Moffat as well. Uh, I think it's in season three. Yeah, it's in season three. Um, we talk through a lot of that, like how to launch stuff. Um, but if you're kind of like, like for a business, generally it's like, like it took me a good seven months to start seeing some decent tra traffic on the, oh, maybe even more, maybe eight months. I'm trying to think of when 
the it was once the podcast got on the front page of Apple Podcasts. That's when it took off. It wasn't that long ago. That was in October. No. Yeah, October. So like beginning of October, so nearly two months ago. Um, And then it's been on the front page. I think it it's still on the front page this week, but it, I, I imagine it'll probably come off next week. It's been on there for eight weeks, which is awesome. So, so good. Um, but And I've gotten a lot of consistent listens from that. So that's super exciting. But like there, there was a long time I was doing a lot of work and I was like, oh, okay, like 80 downloads this week, you know, which is common. That's a, that's a common thing. I'm saying these numbers because I'm like, don't be ashamed of having a small podcast. That That's how it starts off. Um, but now it's much, much higher. So the, the big difference was Apple Podcasts. So if you're kind of like, oh, I'm going to put a social media channel together just for my podcast to grow my podcast brand, and then you've got to also grow your business brand, and they're not really clearly connected, then you want to think about that as well. So it's like, again, going back to like, what are your goals? What are your objectives? What are you trying to achieve? So let's talk now about like how many podcast episodes to launch with, how often to release a podcast, because they were um, the two other big questions. Um, How many podcast episodes should you launch with? The recommendation is four. You should launch with four. And there's like, um, so shout out to Lyndall Harris, who runs Podcast VA. I had an awesome chat with her about this a while ago, and she kind of shared that with me. She's done a lot of work in figuring out exactly what you need to do when you start your podcast, how to best launch it. Highly recommend um, checking out the work she's doing. And she actually has a free Facebook group that you can join regardless of whether you've started a podcast or you have a podcast called Australian Podcasters Collaborative. It's amazing. It's such a beautiful community. I love being a part of it and I highly recommend um, requesting to join if you are either if you started one or you're thinking about starting one because uh, you can you can jump in the group and ask questions and that's amazing that's so so helpful there's lots of little tricks that you sort of learn along the way and it's much better because it's a new media still even though it's old it's not like you know like I think podcasting now has been around for like eight or ten years but it's kind of like a new media and like we're now figuring out how it works so that kind of stuff I think is actually much more useful than looking up a whole bunch of questions on podcasting because there's so many unknown unknowns there's so many things that you won't be able to google search because you won't know what to search for and people just share lots of great advice um so yeah generally four and um the other thing is that you want to think about um what how frequently those first four episodes go out so what I did for this podcast this year um, which worked quite well was I did five podcast shows that I'd recorded I did I released all I think I released all five on one day and then in retrospect went back and spaced them one day after each other did I do that no, no, no. What I did is I put the first four up. Sorry. I put the first four. No, I put the first two up, told Apple, because it takes about 20, uh, 48 hours for Apple to actually get your podcast on Apple. So I, I put the first two up. And then as it was getting on to Apple, I put out my other two. So then I had four. And then I did five. So I did the first week was like one episode every day. And then I went to weekly. 
I used to always do like weekly or maybe I would do two podcasts a week. That's what I did last year and I started off this year doing it. And then I realized that I had, I was actually banking so much content and I wasn't getting it out. And it was kind of almost meaning that the content by the time it was going out, wasn't relevant anymore. So I was like, I need to change the way I'm doing this. I want to get more content out there. I'm really going to double down on the podcasting. So I decided to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then people who regularly listen to this show and are listening afterwards like, yeah, we know Lauren, (laughs) but because this is also a live stream, I'm just explaining it. So um, I do those three and I found that is a lot better for getting consistent downloads. Um, So it's like I show up Monday, Wednesday, Friday. There's a different reason for each podcast. I do one short podcast episode. I do one interview and then I do one episode, which is this one which is more about like current events in relation to being seen and heard. Things that are a little bit more like the stuff that can be a little bit harder to find can be the stuff that's like, oh, I've been testing this out. Oh, this popped up in the news. Things that are kind of a little bit more real marketing time and I put them out every week. What I find is that like the the different types of interviews and the, sorry, the different types of segments all do relatively well. People generally listen to all of them, but they might, I don't know whether it's like, you know, Anne from Cairns is listening to Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes and uh, Sarah from Melbourne is listening to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like, I don't know if the individuals are behaving like that, but I get about the same amount of downloads per episode, um, which is interesting. But what I also find is that what I was finding is that when I did the short episodes, if it was under seven minutes, people generally listen to the whole thing. Even bumping that up to eight minutes, I'm finding that makes people listen to less of the podcast. When I do long episodes like this, um, I find people listen to about half of it. And same with the interviews. Interviews I think are generally about – 50 60 percent get listened through and that's usually about a 45 minute episode same as this so um i think for business if you're in like like for the kind of podcast that i'm doing like there's a lot of people talking about marketing and entrepreneurship and brand growth and branding and stuff so for me i do think it's important to be out more regularly than once a week But the other big thing that people want with podcasts is they just want it to be consistent. So if you do a Monday podcast, do a Monday podcast. If you do a Wednesday podcast, like I know like some of my favorite podcasts, I look forward to like the day that it's coming out. I know what day it comes out. Sort of like, you know, when the new, when we used to buy magazines, (laughs) we're like, oh yeah, like this magazine's out. And you'd be like so excited for the next one. You know, like one of my favorite magazines was Frankie, which I still sometimes get now. It's like probably the only magazine I still sometimes buy. Um, And it's like when I see the new cover, I get like so excited. I'm like, yes, there's another. So you want people to like look forward to the next edition. I'm wondering whether now for me doing three is too much, whether it's like people are kind of like I can't keep up with all of the podcast episodes. Um, because I changed it, then got heaps of listeners. So it kind of worked well for like when I changed up to doing three episodes and then got way more listeners. Um, so I'm not sure I might go, I might go down to two. I might go down to one next year. I'd be really curious in people listening to this on the show. What, what you think the final thing I kind of want to say 
about podcasting is because this is something I am thinking about for for next year and actually relates to the episode I've decided to do for Monday. So I usually do like a Monday motivation episode. And like I said, that's the shorter one. That's like the seven, sometimes eight minutes, probably should be seven minute episode, right? And I was looking at the topics that people are interested in. And I was looking at what people were largely listening through more. So what was getting engagement, what was getting people to go, oh, I want to download this episode. And what I've been finding, and I was thinking about this, is I'm like, I don't get a lot of people, I don't get a lot of traffic from social media, I don't think anyway, uh, to grow the show. What I'm finding is it's like people who are on the platform or on Apple largely have seen the show because it was on the front page of Apple, got curious, clicked it, and then, you know, started listening. And people have been listening kind of consistently from then, right? So I think that what happens is more that people get into a podcast, once they're listening to a podcast, They'll know whether they like it or not. Do I like the way this person talks? Do I like if the way they keep me? Do I feel like they're keeping me company? Can I listen to this person's voice for a long period of time while I do the dishes, while I go for a walk, while I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing? Um, are they are they a person that I want in my ears? Because it's quite an intimate medium, right? And what I've noticed is the episodes that do the best are the ones where I'm being, uh, I'm talking about things that relate to mindset, to mental health in some way. I'm not a mental health expert, but, but relate to things that relate to mental health or interpersonal skills or self-doubt or self-compassion or finding meaning, finding purpose. Now, my show is about growing a brand but those episodes seem to be the ones that people are enjoying listening to more. And I think it's because one, I'm more vulnerable often on those shows. Um, and, and two, it's like, once you're listening to the show, it's like the hook is the grow your brand. Like, oh yeah, I want to do that. But I'm finding it's like, it's not the practical stuff that actually does the best. What I'm finding is it's the, it's the mindset stuff that does the best. That, in contrast to what I was talking about last week on YouTube, is very different. On YouTube, what I find is people want the practical. People want the this, this stuff like just tell me in two minutes what I need to do, right? So this live stream is like even though there's lots of things in here that are like this is what you need to do, this is what's done, this live stream doesn't work well for YouTube, right? Because on YouTube, it's like, no, 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 just tell me that in like a short video. I don't want to press on a video that says it's 47 minutes long. I don't want to press on that. But on a podcast, it's almost like the other way around, right? It's sort of like, great, I've got this something, I can listen to another episode of David's. I can listen to another episode from someone that I really like. I just want to hear them chat because I, I want to, I want some company, right? I want some company. I want to be told something. I want to be made to laugh or feel reassured. The only, there were two podcasts when I was looking at the keyword research, there were only two shows, no, one show that popped up with that people are actually searching in the podcast that I found. Um, so people search things like what podcast should I listen to? And like pod, what podcast should I listen to quiz? But um, where should we begin? 
um, by Esther Perel. That was a, or yeah, I think, I think that's what it's called. Um, that podcast popped up and the other one was depression podcast for depression. Um, which I thought was really interesting actually, because I'm like, yeah, when you're feeling numb, when you're feeling alone, when you're feeling like you can't speak to anyone, podcast feels like a really amazing medium to have a bit of a meditation, to have a bit of company, to kind of feel a little bit less weighed down, to feel a little bit happier or a little bit more joyful. So what I'm looking at as I look into 2021, after talking all about what are your objectives and what are you trying to achieve and what are you trying to do, for me, what I want with my podcast is I want the people who are listening to feel like they want to listen more. I want to feel like it's a two-way dialogue. So I'm not as worried now about am I teaching people how to grow their brand every week because the data is telling me that what people want is like, yeah, it's got to be related to how to grow my brand. But there's so many mindset issues. There's so many like issues related to I'm in this position where I'm running a business and I want some confidence to put myself on camera. I'm running a business and I want some confidence to put my podcast together. I want to work out, is this something I'm allowed to do? Do I have permission to do this? And I think that a podcasting medium is a really, really powerful way to give people that sort of permission almost. Not that you need it. Like no one needs my permission to go and start a podcast. Of course you can go and start a podcast. Try it out. Experiment. See how you like it. Try it on. If it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit, right? Um, but the reason I'm showing all this tactical stuff is because I'm like, these are, these are, these are the things that people also want to know practically. So it's, it's sort of like you can do both. I can't do that on YouTube, right? Like I'm doing this on YouTube now, but it will go away after, after this stops being live because I don't feel like I can, I can have those same kind of, uh, conversations on YouTube. I don't feel like it's as, it's as useful. So what I've decided to do on Monday for listeners to the show who listen on Mondays and they know that what I had promised to do was start providing some, I was going, what I was going to do next was look at like, here's some of your like marketing stack tools. What I've decided to do is I've decided to start splitting up the content a little bit more. So on the podcast, we're going to stop doing Monday motivation and we're going to start doing Monday mindset. And I'm going to talk more about still probably in a relatively short period of time because I think having those short podcasts are useful too, but I want to talk more about the mindset of being a business owner because I've been doing this for a while now. I know what it's like. Um, I want to talk about that, the doubt we have. I want to talk about the things that we need to hear to start our week. That's, that's what I want to talk about on Mondays. So that's what I'm going to be doing moving forward. I'm not going to be doing the stuff about the marketing stack. I've decided if you want the marketing stack stuff, tell me, but you can get that content. What I'm going to do is on YouTube, on YouTube, I'm going to do more of that kind of stuff because it also allows me to do things like screen share, show you tools, show you how things work, be a bit more explanatory, a bit more teachery. That's a word, right? And actually talk through some of those things. Um, and then on Friday for these episodes, I think I'm going to to have a wait to hear what other people want. 
because I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, I've talked through a lot of the things I wanted to get through on the seen and heard episodes. I put out a email or a newsletter this week saying, what do you want to learn more about? What are the questions that aren't getting answered? That's, that's what these live streams are for. These live streams are for the questions that you're like, I don't even like, this is a burning question, but I can't find anything on Google that's going to help me. It's kind of part of the reason I did this show today because there's a lot of podcast stuff you look up and you go, I don't know what that means. Like people go, oh, you can get sponsors. What does that actually look like? So I really, like I said before, I really want this to be a two-way dialogue. I want to know what people want to hear more about. Um, I may even, one thing I was thinking about doing for these live streams is I might start spontaneously inviting some of the people who are commenting on to join me for the show. So I think that could be really, really fun. So um, I do these every week, 11 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. You can come check it out, um, book it in your calendar. And if we're having a good convo with the comments, I might actually send you a little message on LinkedIn, go come join me if you like. You don't have to. Come join me on the live stream and let's have a chat. All right. I hope that answered some of your questions. If you want to understand more about sponsorship, it it unfortunately a lot of this stuff, it's like it uh, kind of depends. It is something that um, I can help with. So just reach out to me, let me know. I'll give you a pretty straight answer about like, it, yeah, you can make money from this or you can't. Um, but, and I'll give you an idea of like how to put a plan together for who to go out to and how to start packaging your stuff. I've done that a few times with people um, I initially just started doing it as a friends thing, but I think I'll start doing it as a consultation thing. I am uh, at the moment, you know, I always have one conversation with everyone for free. So um, feel free to reach out to me if you'd like to do that. Um, big thank you to Nelson, to David and to Darren for joining me on the live stream and saying hello. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me for today. We went way over time as I sometimes do on a live stream. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend and until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. See you later. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark.